0: And we are live. Welcome back to another episode of It's All Clutter with Jess Marcy. I'm Jess Marcy. I am a clutter coach, and we are doing a special months-long edition, It's All Clutter Conversations. Today, I am so excited to have a good friend, an amazing comedian, an amazing comedian, and a member of our Facebook groups, Decluttering Her Butt Off. I am so excited that Wendy is here with us today. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to chat with you today about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wendy, the first question I always ask people is How did you get here on this podcast with me today? Like, what path led you to this? Facebook ads. <laughs>
1: hey, oh, no, I was
0: like, I was feeling really frustrated in the
1: middle of the night, uh, overwhelmed with my clutter, and I was looking for solutions online. And I fell into your podcast actually. And I listened to, I like, I think I marathoned your podcast <laughs> through the the next morning I was driving. I was actually, I left on a business trip the next day and listened to it the whole time I was driving on my business trip. And I'm like, I can't wait to get home to do this stuff. So that's
0: kind of how that's, that's what led me here. I'm very excited that somebody listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, Yes, you do. <laughs> so, Wendy, what's your earliest memory of clutter? Like if you can go back in your life, like when did you realize or when do you have like a like an early memory of just like clutter or stuff or your relationship with stuff like when did this all start for you? That
1: would be that's really a great question. And if I had listened to the other one you posted, then I would know that was coming. I could have prepared myself. Um, do you know what? There's a family story. I don't know. I think for a second about the earliest, but there's a family story that my family loves to tell about when we sold our family car, like it was the first family car that I remember, and I started crying at the dealership. I'm like, this car has been through us so much. This is our family car. Like I lost my mind. And they gave me the floor mats. The the the, the dealer let me keep the floor mats from the car. I just to let you know. I think that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> So weird now that I'm adult, it feels, good. but he was like, we can let you keep the floor mats. And apparently I was like, okay. And I just don't, because I had this thought about it going to a junkyard. I think I'd seen some cartoon where like they smushed the cars and I think I personified our car, like, you know, giving it a name. And it was like, you know, Betty's going to get us there. I don't know what else going on, but I had a very active imagination and I'm very sentimental. And I remember having a crazy feeling like something was being taken away from us. Like, and I and actually was thinking this morning as I was getting ready for this podcast, I think that the overarching thing is it, sometimes when you feel that scarcity, like you don't have enough stuff, you feel the need to cling to all the things that you have instead of being thoughtful about like, what do I want to let in and what do I want to let go of. The concept of what I want to let in and what i let go of never occurs to you when you feel like you have nothing and you're just grabbing all the things. So the one other thing I'll tell you that might be an early indicator is we move. I was born in Japan moved to United States and all the boxes marked Wendy got lost in the move. So all my stuff was gone. So when we arrived, all my my bedding, all my furniture was gone. Everybody else's stuff arrived. And my mom used to make a joke. She'd say, oh, that makes you really not materialistic. And I think that part is true where I'm not like a super thingy girl, but the little things I have, I think I became a little creepy about like, this is the first you know, like
0: these are the socks I wore in kindergarten. I don't know. I think I have a little bit of a weird bend. Okay. My- Losing all of your stuff as a child is a huge trigger for clutter. Like that is a very common thing that we hear all the time. So all the Wendy boxes disappeared. Yes. Yep, and they, then you wanted to hang on to the floor mats from the family truckster. <laughs> <laughs> Take them from me, which is—I don't know how long.
1: I think I only held on to for a while, and they just disappeared. No one told me. It became a thing where my family wouldn't tell me when they were throwing stuff away, which because, is also traumatic. Yes, because the reaction I would have was too much emotion for them to deal with. So they got rid of our dog without telling me. She no, loved that. Not cool. <laughs> They, this is, I actually still, I still kind of give my parents grief about it. They left the leash. So my dog used to, we had like a crawl space under the house and they would get under there in the summer because we lived in Virginia. And so they left the leash under the crawl space. Like he was, like he was there relaxing. So for a couple of days, I was like, why isn't the dog out of the, he's just back there. And finally I said, we need to check on him like two days later. And mom goes, he's been gone for two days and you didn't even notice. So you didn't love that. You didn't love him.
0: Oh my gosh. All right. Is your mom going to listen to this? I, you know, <laughs> she did the right thing. And I do think that parents do the best they think they
1: are doing with the choices and the resources they had at the time. Right. So
0: totally. I nobody thought yeah. about the like the trauma yeah. of taking stuff away from kids when we were kids. There, That was not like a thing. It's true. Our parents were doing the best with what they had. No question. But if you're listening to this now and you're going to become a parent, don't take a pet away because that can really be a trigger for a lot of clutter, being like becoming a sentimental -er. (laughs) clutterer.
1: Yeah, so I think those early, I haven't thought about that, Jess, but those early, and it's family stories, like it's one of those stories we pull out, like Wendy was so emotional about the car, we let her keep the floor mats, which (laughs) is also kind of crappy, like when somebody in your family has an over-emotional reaction, you pull that story out for family gatherings. but maybe it made me a comedian, who knows, so.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, Um, I I wonder like where those floor mats are, I want to (laughs) like-
1: Now that we're done, when we're done, I'm going to ask my parents, whatever happened to the floor mats the station wagon? I mean,
0: like, the thing is, so also clutter is so connected to your identity. And it's not just that you identify as somebody who has clutter, but there's like other people in your life who continue to perpetuate the identity by telling family stories about, oh, see, there's construction. Oh, yeah. Sorry. But but by continuing to tell these stories, it like becomes family lore. Like, you're collecting clutter is like, it's just the identity. It's so hard to, to shift that identity or to like to change or to like molt out of it because once you do the work your family has to change also and your friends and everyone who like kind of perpetuates it so it's it's tough it's your family uh, embracing the new declutter <laughs> is
1: my dad is my brother is my friends are because they've noticed how like my car was the big one right so we used to make a lot of jokes about if I broke down in my car I could live three weeks from the things that are inside my car like because I would keep like extra snow boots and snow pants and some snacks and some water and some just like, and then there was the crap that accumulated. Right. And I decluttered my car shortly after we connected Jess. Um, and it's still decluttered. And so there are no receipts. There's no trash. There's no, like there's no mail. There used to be the mail in the passenger seat that would just sort of accumulate. Um, none of that. And I think I'm starting to recognize, they're recognizing that that's amazing. And people can jump in my car. The kids don't have to hold on when someone like, Oh, can you take this in your car and have to be, spend 10 minutes moving crap around and make room? Now you just put it in there. So that's been a huge change. The house is different. My mom still likes to buy me stuff. So like a package will show up and it's like a huge seasonal sign. And I'm like, what do you, you know? So she's still, I think she's still adjusting to that because she because giving gifts is one of her love languages. So she likes to stay up and see something on the internet or in a catalog that's usually crap from China and cheap. And she'll go like, Oh, this would look really great. And she'll jet it up and it shows up on my doorstep. And so one of the things I've been struggling or I've I've loved embracing about your teachings is that the gift is in the moment of giving. Like it was, I thought of you, I got this for you and you can say, thanks. That's amazing. And then you don't have to keep it forever. You don't have to, you know, you could even for like, I have a summer sign right now. That's six feet tall on my porch. It says, hello, summer. It's going to be September. So I was just thinking that's going to, I'm going to throw it away. Because I'm, I'm not going to keep it for next. Previous Wendy would have kept it for next summer. But this Wendy's like, we're going to let it go. Because next summer, the, you know, the style will change and she'll probably order another one. Or I'll give it away. You know. Uh,
0: so. you so here's a little newsflash. You can't keep something forever. That doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. So like things break down. People break down. Right. There is no forever when it comes to stuff. Except for plastic, which actually does stick around forever. So, like, but sticker, so it sticks around sticks around forever in like a landfill or in the ocean. Like, that's what forever is. It's not like you can't hang on to something forever. So. Yeah. And I think, too, that
1: the idea that things have a lifespan has been a really important lesson for me. And you know these things cognitively, but you find yourself not acting as if you believe them, right? So so you, you when you're doing clutter coaching, or for me, when I've read through the lessons, I have your book right here. Hold on. I'll just do a plug. Ta-da! <laughs> right next to it. Um, I bring it that book. <laughs> But you, you read it and you go, yeah, I knew that, but you're not acting in a way that's consistent with that belief, right? So the other one is, you know, you buy a piece of clothing from Target that's super cheap that you love. It's not because it's from Target and it's super cheap and it's just clothing. It's not gonna last forever. So when it gets holes and when it doesn't fit and when it looks raggedy, get rid of it. You're not obliged because you bought something to wear it the rest of your life. It doesn't last that long. And we get expiration dates on food but we don't think about expiration dates on
0: our stuff. And and what do you think the expiration date is for the average piece of clothing from Target? Like if you had to put like a timeline on that, like. What do you like when do you think Target expects that piece of clothing to wear out and you need to go back to the store and repurchase, you know, more clothing?
1: Well, you know, like, <laughs> I go to Target family picnics because I'm 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 a Target cousin. I actually worked for a vendor that works for Target. <laughs> Uh, and they're based in Minneapolis, where I live. So I have a. They are really hoping that it doesn't last a year, because next summer you're going to need new. There's
0: no way it's going to last a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> hoping to last that season, maybe three, eight weeks. Eight weeks. Right, I was thinking seven to ten days is probably the average, like or seven to ten. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll be fair. Right. Seven to ten wears, right? Yeah. Okay, that actually works
1: because about eight weeks would work if you wear it once a week. That, you know, you're not supposed to burn every day. And that's why they do this summer's wardrobe and the resort. You know, do you guys know that resort wear comes out in the winter? Because the idea is you're going to take a warm vacation in the winter. And all of a sudden, all your summer clothes either aren't going to fit because you gain weight over the winter or you can't hold, put hands on them. So they're going to sell you some more summer clothes in January for you to take your vacation. And then again in the summer when it becomes real summer. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: (laughs) First summer and real summer. This is why I advocate for not having your clothing stored seasonally because, If you go on vacation in the middle of winter, you're not going up into your attic to get your vacation clothing out. You're going to buy new clothing. But Wendy, you're like seriously identifying how clutter costs you money and how it costs you time. And I just want to go back to the car story real quickly, because that every time you had to clean out your car for somebody to sit in the car, that's how clutter steals your time. But like you don't even realize it until you clear it.
1: You don't like. Here's an example is receipts. One of the Jess Marcyisms I've taken to heart is I don't take receipts anymore because, especially on food, I used to take receipts on like I get a muffin and be like, I want a receipt for the muffin. Like, I mean, this I mean, ridiculous. I'm not going to return that muffin. It's gone. It's a, And if I didn't even like it, I'm still not going to return it. It was just $2. It's gone now in my life. So I do, don't do take receipts anymore. And my wallet's changed. I used to have this big, thick wallet. And then I would spend time looking for my receipts. Now, I do go on trips where I have to expense stuff. So those receipts I get and then immediately take a picture with my phone and still throw the paper away, right? Yep. So, it's been really fascinating for me just the um not i don't bring in you know you get those newspapers in the mail those weird
0: penny saver or whatever
1: even go in the house anymore I used to bring it in with the mail and then have to touch it three more times I oh my gosh my mail you've heard my mail joke about how like sometimes I'd open the mailbox look at a bill and be like that's no I just I wouldn't even take it in it would live in the mailbox for two days and then I would take it in and live in the foyer for a while then I would go to the kitchen then I get a phone call about that bill and I go oh yeah then I would open it I mean ridiculous
0: <laughs> so anyway, but, is- everyone does this. This is like ridiculous human behavior that we all do, right? Because nobody wants to open a bill. That's like the worst mail you can possibly get, right? Like nobody wants to like, like, okay, look, you owe me money. Here's a letter that's tell you how much money. No, screw that. I don't want to open that bill. No.
1: So, I, so I've been doing a lot more of like, you know, time is a finite resource. It's the only thing you don't get more of, right? You can make more money. Um, you can buy more stuff, but time is what you don't get. So, so this idea that I'm spending time dicking around with crap I don't care about is so silly to me. Like I, I really want to spend three hours of my life this week shuffling through receipts and bills and crap. <laughs> no, I don't want to spend any of that time doing that. I don't want to spend any time in Walmart, right? I don't want to spend any no.
0: time. I'm in- no, no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> So what's the weirdest part, Jess, is for me being in Clutterbass Academy and sort of being involved in your sphere has crystallized like, all right, time is going by whether you do something amazing or not. It just is. It's your decision you're making to do nothing and stay where you are or to make a choice to live a life that's more congruent with what you would like to do. So how do you want to spend that time? And so do you want to, you know, uh, unsubscribe from all the mail coming in your mailbox so you don't have to deal with that paper. Yes, I do. Don't want to stand in front of the garbage can, just dump it so it never enters my house. Yes, I do. Don't want to pay, you know, like all that stuff to make it easier. And the cars was a huge, the car was the first one because, and it was a source of much embarrassment, frankly, um, for me. And yeah, so after I decluttered it, I got it detailed and it looked like a brand new car. I kind of, well, it everything. was like
0: the most amazing transformation I have ever seen. Yeah.
1: It was. It would be inappropriate for me to express physically how much I adored the man who detailed my car. <laughs> he <laughs> holds you in my chest and love you like. <laughs> by the way, in Minneapolis, and he comes to you. He comes to you and cleans your car in your driveway. I mean, that's bananas. Why has that not been in my
0: life? That is amazing. You should do that like once every six months, or at I, least once a year. Yeah. I mean. I Instead think- of buying stuff, buy yourself the gift of a clean car. Oh my gosh. And you don't even have to go anywhere. You don't, and he's amazing. And the and if you do it
1: more often, like so now I've discovered it's been so I started that in April, right? So it's now it's August, I've made you July. I can't do that. Four months. And the car is <laughs> clean. If I did him, if I had him detail it now, because it does have dust and you know grass and whatever, then it would cost a lot less, the initial crazy clean, and it would feel really good. And again, I just feel proud that my, my, here's my mantra of my thing I've been doing in my head is I want to welcome guests at any time in my home and feel completely comfortable having them walk through my house, right? I don't want to feel like so and so's coming over, I have to hide all this crap, or I guess I'm ashamed of the way that I'm living, right? I want to just be able to have people freely. Like if I have a medical emergency and EMTs have to run in, I want them to go, wow, this place is pretty nice before they, like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I want it to feel. I want to feel. I want my kids to feel really good about being able to bring friends over at any time. I don't want them to feel shame about that. Mom has crap everywhere because I kind of, I kind of do. And he's already got those lessons. Like his room is kind of crazy too. Um, so we're working on it. We're getting a new mindset. It's. St- I'm still in progress. I know it's something you. Yeah. The problem took a long time to get here. It's not going to be gone immediately. But the tangible results have already been amazing. So your question was, are people on board? Some of them are. <laughs>
0: If they've ridden in your car, they're totally on board with your decluttering. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. Are you ready for the next question, Wendy? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, at this, Actually, we kind of covered this one already. But at this point in your journey, what are you most proud of? The car's good. The the other one, this
1: clothing. My thoughts are on clothing. I actually lost a ton of weight. I lost 160 pounds. So that's another thing that's really weird about clothes because it used to be whatever clothes would cover my fat, I would buy it. Like if it covered me and didn't make me look way worse. Or I didn't feel like I wanted to puke when I had it on, I would buy that piece of clothing. And now that I've lost weight, I'm in normal. Sizes, so um, that was air quotes for those of you that are just listening to audio. So I'm like size 12, 14, right? So you can usually find a 12, 14 in any store you go into. Well, suddenly I have choices. Like, oh, what do I want to wear? And what colors do I like? And and so that that journey of losing all that weight and having all those sizes. It's very strange stuff you cling on to. It's like, no, let it go. Like It's very hard to separate the emotional experience from the physical object. And I, I just watched a podcast that you did the other day about this jar your husband found for you with the plants inside. And you were saying, yeah, right there. And you were saying the emotions that you get when you see it and you feel it,
0: right? Yeah, that. There's still so- little plants alive in there, even though some of them have died. But <laughs>
1: generate and it'll come back right? because they're going to drop seats.
0: Anyway, it's very, the idea
1: that I can have, I can relive this emotional experience in my head without touching the physical object is a really, uh, important lesson. And then the other thing I struggle with a little bit is I do have some things that are precious to me. And so figuring out which ones are precious enough to keep and display proudly and which ones are like, so like as a comedian, actually, Jess, let's get your opinion real fast. As a comedian, I have posters from, from, um, Uh, I would say like, not monumental, but like significant milestones in my comedy career. So like a poster with Tim Harmston, who's been on TV or a poster where I was a headliner. I have a huge, like 20 by 30 poster of my face where it says like Winnie Mayberry headlining. But I don't, A, I don't really want to display them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have enough space for the amount of posters that they are. So I don't know that I really care. I mean, they were cool. I'm thinking about taking a picture of them and just sort of maybe scrapbooking them. But I I think I'm ready to get rid of these posters because I don't think my son needs them. I don't need the ego boost from them. I don't think I'm ever going to be so famous where someone walks to my house and looks at my Emmys. Do you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I,
0: don't I don't know. Those could be worth millions down the road when you are super famous, but- Here's the thing you I, you're you're a woman of 4,000 careers and you're an amazing photographer. So in addition to comedian, in addition to all the other jobs that you do, so I you can take, <laughs> yes, take like a beautiful picture of them. And I mean, you can make like something super cool. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't think That's you have to great. keep the actual thing if you don't want to.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to take a picture of them and then maybe make a collage or put them in a scrapbook because I just, I like having things in my house that make my heart go, oh. And um, and although my comedy posters sort of do that, I get a lot of like, oh, that show was like X or this joke's like that, or is this sort of career stress? It's not relaxing. You know what I mean? Right, um, it's right. Not- Sometimes I love me walls are relaxing and that one's does those art. I've been having a new thing, you know, talking about the I love me while here's my degrees, here's my awesomeness. Ugh. Like I don't really, I want to have one that you come in and you feel more peaceful. So I think I'm going to declutter. That.
0: <laughs> okay. Relaxing. So here's a funny thing. I have my college diplomas, right? So I have a, I have a lot of education and I feel like I don't really use very much, but even though I do have a master's degree in archival science, which is very much connected to the work that I do now, but I feel like what's the point of having that college degree, right? So I have my college degrees framed in a closet, not because I because I was going to throw them out, right? <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about it. So you ready for this? This only got – during the pandemic – I
1: look, my whole name is Winnie Michelle May. I got a BA, y'all, from a really nice <laughs> – um, so here's the thing I'm going to tell you. I struggle – I had this moment because when the pandemic happened, I thought I was going to lose my job and I was applying for another job and they wanted a picture of my degree. And I was like, Ugh. and I had to go in the garage where I have like everywhere and find that degree, which was still in the envelope that it had come in. i never even framed it because I had some, <laughs> I had some moments in college. That I wasn't real proud. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I got that degree by the skin of my teeth and I, and I, and I had always kept it. And then I thought, how privileged are you that you actually finished college and you're not Cherishing that or you're not valuing that. So many people would love to go to college. So many people would love to have a degree or, or didn't have the means to finish a degree. You finished it and it's rotting in your garage. What's wrong with you? So I actually went on Amazon and got a frame. I didn't do this. The, the university sells you like one with mats and crap. I just measured it, went on Amazon and got like a $7 frame and I put it up. But I I don't know, Jess. I'm still looking at it and I struggle because on one side
0: it's great, like, oh yeah, I did do that. But on the other side, it feels forever ago, right? <laughs> I don't even remember going to college. It was so long ago. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. <laughs> no, so I don't know. So I, I had that moment where I thought you are being privileged by not honoring the fact that you achieved this. You should put it in a frame and put it up. So I have had it up for the
0: past. I didn't hang it. It just sits on this ledge over here. <laughs> but, um, it's really weird. Yeah, here's the something though. Okay. This is, uh, these are my thoughts. I understand what you're saying about like, you know, yes, it is a privilege to go to college. There's no question about that. But at the same time, it's your own journey and your own experience. And like, for me, I felt really pressured to go to college. Like, I, I mean, like this was, it was not, a, I didn't have the option to not go to college. Right. So, and cause I wanted to like start my own business when I was like 10. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, it's a more complicated thing yes. for me because like, I feel like we spent so much money on this degree and what did it leave me with? I don't know. I mean, there was value in the experience, but was there that much value in the actual education? I'm torn about that. It's not a. It's not a total positive for me. Um,
1: it's that's the reason why I stayed in the garage. Jess. I have similar too much. Yeah podcast but similar mixed feelings about the university and to be honest with you I had two majors and two minors you know that says I don't know what I'm doing right like
0: well here's the thing like why do we make kids decide I mean this is totally too gentle to this whole thing this is, uh, Allison and I talk about this all the time on the show with no name so if you don't listen to my other podcast go listen to it but like why do we force kids to decide what they want to do when they're 17 years old that is the stupidest thing ever who knew what, except for my husband, who knew what they wanted to do when they were 17? No one. And then we're like, commit to it. We're going to spend $200,000 on your commitment. And then you can never change your mind because it costs so much money. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy, and it also
1: makes you feel like it, it's sort of scarcity thinking again, right? Like this is the choice you've made, and now you're limited to this choice, and there are a lot of crazy emotions around when you start a job. Figure it's not the job for you, or it doesn't. Fit. You know, my first job—I not to throw my mom under the bus—I <laughs> got a degree importing diesel engines from Germany. Jess, you've known me long enough to know. Does it like importing, like typing in serial numbers for diesel engines, does that seem in any way like? Anything <laughs> I used to have to take Emmetrol every morning. That's an anti-nausea medicine. I wanted to puke. The first two hours of every day, I was fighting nausea in my body because I wanted to puke. And um, so I I actually bought the anti-nausea medication. I would take it every day before work. And my mom said, you have to keep this job two years or you will look flighty. That was that's old school thinking, right? You have to keep this job two years in order for people to think you're hireable. So I suffered for two years in a cube, sucking on brawl every morning because I wanted to puke, because I did not want to be there to try and fit into this mold of what people want you to do. And it is crazy how we do that to ourselves to try and make parents happy or whoever happy or feel like you're worthy of you know being there. So
0: but this yeah. is clutter, right? And it's all clutter. That's the name of the podcast. It's all clutter because you were taught to hang on to something that you didn't love, right? Yeah. And it wasn't a physical thing. It was your whole entire freaking life. I mean, keep this, hold it. You must do this. You must not let this job go even though you wanna vomit every single morning. like. It's- Crazy. <laughs> Crazy, and I
1: remember reading when I was because I've always been into reading about like how to make your life better. You know, I didn't always do it. I have like seven books on decluttering that I don't think I read. I have a stack of them. Jess has already heard that. She's like, a lot of people tell me that. Um, but I had read somewhere about like holding on to a helium balloon, and when you figure out Like, don't keep holding on to it as you get further and further away from the earth, right? Like, let go when the consequences are low and you just have a nasty fall and maybe you break a leg versus you're a thousand feet in the air and you're going to die. And I remember thinking, like, I am always likely to hold on to that balloon going, it'll get better. It's going to get better. (laughs) Even when I know it's not the right place for me. And that's...
0: Interesting. But this is why we hang on to everything in our life because we were taught these lessons subtly or not so subtly or in the, maybe in relation to this or maybe not in relation to this. And then we have this when we realize, oh, my gosh, this is not what I want. These things. This is not what I want to do this life. This is not how I want to move forward. We have to like work against we have to undo all of the stuff that we learned justify it to the people who taught it to us right like and take that very big leap and make changes and that's why it's so hard to declutter in a nutshell
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's it i mean and i just want to say something too if you are listening to this like i was where you know you've just fallen into the jess marcy world and maybe you're like marathoning podcasts and i would just tell you uh Mm -hmm. You know, having that inkling, like, wow, I was meant to hear this at this time, because I have a theory too that you hear stuff, kind of things. Like, I bought seven decluttering books; none of them clicked until I talked to Jess and went, "Oh, bing!" And I maybe I was at the right time, or my I was ready to hear it. But if you are hearing this this morning, you are probably ready to hear it. This could be your moment. So I would just encourage you to move forward with doing a couple little things that she suggests. I found immediately, like. Just the way that you twist things made my brain go, you know, you're right, that we never were. Like I grew up, when, like, when we buried my grandmother and we opened up under her kitchen sink, she had apricot um, seeds apricot seeds. Like like a squirrel. She had kept away apricot seeds. Like if we got hit by a nuclear bomb, she could replant apricot trees in Alabama. I don't know why, but she was a child of the depression. She like took her tinfoil and would like smooth it back out and fold it and put it in a drawer because you didn't waste tinfoil. And she raised my mom. My mom raised me. So yeah, we were not taught how to deal in a world with abundance, with a world that you could go to Target at any time and buy a thing that's going to last five uses. And then what do you do? So I, I really felt like that resonated with me that, you know, this idea of it's not my fault, of course feels good, but I genuinely see this struggle because we were in a depression, right? I was raised by people who literally had nothing and thought, hang on to everything. And that's not the world we're living in. And so it's easy to accumulate.
0: No, we're the first generation to have to really deal with like this, this dichotomy that we live in this world, you know, like this, this container, like containers coming across the ocean by the like thousands every single day. Right. I mean, (laughs) when you And think about what the world we live in today it is insane this is this is so different than anything, anything humans have ever experienced before ever and the idea of the crap part is really interesting
1: because i you know i've worked in corporate america where we encourage those containers right or we we we, or we order them up we order them up from china we manual. i've been to i've ordered i've made stuff in china for a retailer that would come over in containers and I would know how little we paid in China. The part that always boggled my mind is how we sell, like let's just take a cotton skirt at JCPenney, a retailer, right? And so someone had to raise that cotton, harvest that cotton, make it into thread, make fabric, cut the fabric, sew it, right? And then had to package it. They had to st- you know, stamp a little price tag on it, ship it. Someone else had to take it out of the container, hang it on a hanger and it sat there for a couple months. Then it got marked down into clinics. There was actual physical labor to market down into clearance and then someone rang you out of
0: pennies and I bought it for two dollars and Penny still made a profit on it how how is this possible how right and <laughs> how? how is our food so inexpensive how is our clothing so inexpensive when you think about it I mean uh, how can we buy goods for so little it's like ben- it's nuts it you, say bananas, you say nuts it's absolutely insane. So no wonder we have no skills to deal with this stuff. Yeah, I agree. and it does, it does make you, being more
1: thoughtful about just my consumption of the crap has been a real big deal too. So just the other day I saw in a mom's group, someone was like, does anyone like goodie, goodie bags? I'm like, no, no, don't give the kids goodie bags. Like it's a plastic bag full of plastic crap that is literally worth a fraction of a cent and now I have to keep it. Like we were joking, weren't we on a call? I think someone said people give goldfish
0: at parties. It's like, you just gave me a pet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? So- well, it's so hard because you're like fighting against the, you know, the trends and like you just it's an uphill battle. I mean, because you want your kids also to have like a a norm a normal experience, right? But you also want them to see the insanity that exists around all of this so that they can not be burdened by the same stuff that we were burdened with. But then they're going to grow up and tell their therapist. My mom was so weird. She never gave goodie bags. <laughs> I think one more thing really fast. We found a kitten. I don't know if you saw this Facebook side yes. we found a kitten,
1: And everyone on Facebook is like, it's your cat. It's your cat. And I'm like, nope, it's not my cat because I already have a cat. And so we actually found the cat at home within a day. And it was, and my son and I let it go. We thought like, here you go. You get to be in a house that's ready for a kitten. We are not. You know what I mean? I'm like, I didn't have to cling to it. It wasn't mine. Someone didn't give it to me and I had to own it. No, I just, I found you a home. Now we get to visit you. You're down the street from us. That's, you know what I mean? I don't have to pay for extra cat litter and vet bills I wasn't planning on. I don't have the money in my budget for an extra cat right now. And I don't feel guilty about it. I just, I found you on the side of the road and now you have a home. Yay. (laughs) It's like, oh no, you should have kept that cat. And my brain, just my brain on Jess Marcy is like, no, I don't need extra I don't need the drama. I don't need the vet. I don't need any of the stuff with the cat right now. I got stuff going on.
0: (laughs) So this kind of, this leads into our next question really nicely. This is our last question and it's a good one. So what does your future hold now that you are decluttering and changing your mindset around the stuff in your life?
1: Wow. That's a great question. I am most excited about Sounds weird. when I go into homes now that don't have clutter, I get really turned on. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a house like that where I have really, and you know, part of letting go of that old emotional clutter is letting go of the emotions behind it. And none of the, Colleen, one of the clutter coaches told me, don't have stuff in your house that makes you feel bad. That was revolutionary because I've held on to, I have scrapbooks from relationships that didn't work out. Why? Why? Let it go. Because every time I saw it, I'd get a pang of, oh, I remember that this was crappy. Like, why am I torturing myself? <laughs> I it makes me feel like shit. Sorry. Well, I'm pretty sure the guy in those pictures doesn't even think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? Yeah, am I he doesn't it? have the scrapbook, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I didn't scrapbook it. It wasn't worth it. So, why am I sitting in that? So, I'm most excited about the emotional freedom from letting go of the crap. And then feeling the freedom of making different choices and having more money, not feeling like I, I, the other thing I really found out that I do is I can target, is I go to Target and I think if I buy all the things to make this Target Christmas look amazing, then we are going to be happy. I think yeah. I have believe, like I have to get this season's ornaments that fit with like the Hallmark yearly ornaments. What is that crap? <laughs> right? Like I feel the freedom of not an having-
0: incredible money. sales pitch. It is an incredible sales pitch. That's what it is. Yes.
1: Are all the embroidered teddy. Bears with the years on them. What are you doing with these teddy bears? Like, <laughs> just, or I mean, to me, the queen of that is beanie babies. I never got into it, but you see, like, we already the other day we bought a beanie baby for one of the kids, and she immediately ripped off the heart, you know, the heart with the <laughs> home, and we're like, <gasps> and then we thought, yeah, use it. Burn the candles, un, you know. Unleash the lamp out of the plastic coating. Like enjoy your crap because you are not here as long as you think you are, and have fun. So I think the freedom to like actually enjoy the stuff. Don't save it up for a rainy day. Use the good china. Let's just go. It feels like it feels like Oprah two on steroids. I used to really like Oprah when I was younger. Now I'm a full on grown ass woman. It's like yeah, going forward, use them a crap. <laughs> How's How's
0: I'm film off of everything. Yeah. I'm going to use real cutlery tonight. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And that you're worth it. You are worth using the good stuff. You
1: are. You are worth it. You are worth it. Enjoy it. It's later than you think. So I feel like being in a group of women that encourage ourselves to live our best life and do the stuff now and don't put off hard conversations and do the crap that makes you happy, it's fantastic and it's freeing. And I feel a lot less guilt. So, like, Actually, I'm pulling my kid out of school two days this week because we're going on a last hurrah vacation before. So, but on Labor Day, and my parents are like, he needs those two days of school. And I'm like, he's in first grade. He'll learn the color blue. We're going to be all right. We're going to go make some family memories and we're going to go take two days
0: because he's got the rest of the school year. And I you know, like, we're doing it. Oh, my and gosh. I always like, I think family trumps school most of the time, right? Like not all the time, but like most of the time. And especially when your kids are younger and you can do that. Yeah. They're going to learn, they're going to learn their colors. They're going to learn how to identify money that they're never going to pay with. Right. They're going to learn, right. They're going to learn what a quarter is. And then you're going to be like Venmo them, their allowance, you know, like <laughs>
1: That's a really good point, actually. I love
0: that. But,
1: you know, and I love his teacher and I respect his schooling, And I think that reading's important. But I also think we've got two, we're, we live in the north. So it gets wintry for a good chunk of time. It's six months of cold. We're taking, we got a little cabin that we can go out and kayak and go and be away from devices and freaking like go be in the world. And so we're going to go. Device
0: down. free is the best lesson you can teach your kid, period. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So enjoy your family vacation. Enjoy the rest of your guilt-free life. (laughs) Thank you for
1: being here. I know that you started this out sort of small and I'm sure it's weird to hear all the ways that you've impacted people, but you have certainly changed my life And the Five months we've been hanging out. I love you. you come- I love
0: you too, Wendy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not exactly. to hear it because this has been my journey too, and so it's validating for me. Right? Like I know what I experience, and I know that we can replicate that with everyone else in the world. Because you do not need to have the burden of clutter in any form hanging over you. There is a different way forward. And if Wendy doesn't exemplify that, then I don't know who does. So. <laughs> Wendy, thank you so, so, so much. And if you're listening to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple, on any of the million podcast things out there, do the thing you're supposed to do, like it, comment on it, subscribe, leave us like five stars, whatever you're supposed to do on whatever platform you're listening on, go do that because that's what keeps these conversations going and more people need to hear these conversations. (laughs) <laughs> Wendy, you're amazing. If you want to listen to more of Wendy's comedy, Wendy, where can they find you? Actually, right where you are. So wherever you are, I'm at also.
1: <laughs> I have a comedy album. It's not safe for kids. I use some bad words, mostly just c-word
0: and D word. And
1: yeah, anyway, so it's Mabry, <laughs> and the album's called She's Not
0: Around Here. And I would love to have you in my circle too. Thank you. Yeah, so go like and find Wendy also because she is amazing. All right, you guys have a great rest of your day and join us next week for our next it's all clutter conversation. Bye now. Bye. Thank you.